Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, let's do this thing for the final 25 minutes, shall we? It's Brendan Escott here. Bob is uh, at Rogers Place right now. No hockey going on, though. They've got uh, a corporate event. Sounds like a lot of fun, uh, but I'm sure he'd much rather be here on the radio. If I had to guess, Edmonton Oil Kings are in action. They are in uh, Prince Albert shortly. I would think they're dropping the puck in about half hour or so up there at the Art Hauser, which has been a tough place for Edmonton to win the last couple of times there. It's the front half of two in a row for the Oil Kings. They will play the Saskatoon Blades on the road tomorrow night and then come back home to play the Raiders again. Uh, that's where they're at. Golden Bears, rude introduction to conference play on the weekend. They've dropped uh, by a total of, I believe it was like nine to two uh, was the final score line over those two games against the UBC Thunderbirds. Good program there at UBC, but uh, the Bears um, they'll look for a rebound effort against Mount Royal in uh, in a home and home series that starts at the Claire Drake on Friday. Want your thoughts on the Oilers preseason? 780-496-0063. By the way, were you watching the Blue Jays playoff game? Holy smokes. Like, what a frustrating ball club that has been. Forever and a day, they can hit the lights out, and they can't get pitching to to figure it out. Now, they get pitching all season long. They've got a great bullpen, maybe one of the best in the majors somehow. (laughs) And you lose a game, what, 3-1 was the final today? 4-1? Not good enough. Three-game series. You better not lose again because that's a long 162-game grind to drop it in two games to the Minnesota Twins, who I didn't even know was in the playoff race. I guess they probably won the the AL Central division as if that's an accomplishment these days. Anyway, we're getting down a rabbit hole, but bottom line is the Blue Jays now have their backs up against the wall, having lost the opening playoff game in disappointing fashion. Started at uh, 2.40 our time, so the game was, uh, was an early one this afternoon uh, football taking hold and uh, we've got the college season there's even like 50 straight days of football and obviously we've got regular season hockey that's coming right up around the corner again uh, considering the first five games your first date with this year's Edmonton Oilers we're talking about initial impressions at 780-496-0063 couple contributors here already let me navigate to the right page uh, there we go. Okay. Um, Texter says, I'm glad that Rob, uh, Rob Brown was saying that Campbell has been good 
since last year's playoffs. Won't get into Woodcroft not playing them while Skinner was pulled, what, three or four times? I mean, what the what, says this texter. Well, this might be an opportunity this year now that uh, Campbell is, has really seemed to have taken a step forward in the mental department. And I don't want to put the cart before the horse. There's still two preseason games left to go, but you'd rather him start this way than have to play catch-up once the season begins. So I uh, agree with that, with that texter, and, and I agree with Rob. I mean, the positive play for Campbell started when they were spot-picking the those starts for him down the stretch to end last season. It's text to Ryan on a red deer. He's got a theory. Skinner might be in for a tough year. Just had a baby. It's a well-known Oilers hockey fact that when a goaltender has a newborn baby at home, they're absolutely terrible. Before you bring up Cam Talbot, don't forget that he lived in another house during his twins' first year. So Ryan... Ryan's apparently working the TMZ beat for the Oilers. That's how deep he's going into the personal lives. I don't know. I think that you're a professional athlete. You might sleep a little bit better on the road. Um, They also have partners who do a great deal to make home life as easy as possible for these guys. Okay, I'll, I'll leave you to that opinion, Ryan, but I also will say that I'm not as convinced in that being the reason for Skinner's regression. Don't forget that everybody now has a real long book on what Skinner does, his strengths, his weaknesses, and some of those were exploited in the playoffs. So uh, hopefully he's able to um, button up some of those holes as they move further and further into 2023-24. Cracker Jack texting to say, Brendan, do you think DeHarnay even makes the team? Uh, He's so bad, I'd rather see Ben Gleason. Well, first of all, I don't think DeHarnay is a bad hockey player, but he's certainly got a defined and limited role. He's going to go out there and you you don't want to notice him for any reason other than him being big and intimidating. And what we saw last year is his ability to accomplish that while not being a net negative in terms of goals against getting beaten off the wall, uh, losing foot battles as a six foot seven defenseman. So there's a lot of good in his game. And I think that there's a lot of holes in DeHarnay's game still left to be filled. In my honest opinion, we're going to see a lot of different looks on the back end in terms of who's playing against whom on what nights. Like it's you're in a situation here where DeHarnay and Gleason and you know Deneen and, and Broberg and all these guys that, be it for injury or other reason, could factor in. They all play pretty different styles so that allows the coaching staff to decide which one of those styles would best fit with whatever team you're playing on any given night that's how i see this working because nobody's really reached out and grabbed it gleason's gonna have to do an awful lot to come from absolute left field and earn an opening night roster spot i think that that's a a real long shot so there you go on that Uh, brendan i know it's preseason. But a lot of the regulars haven't looked too good to me, says this texter of their first impression. Find it a little bit crazy that they can't score a power play goal in the preseason. Also wondering your thoughts on McLeod. Organization once again putting a lot of hope in this kid, but he can't seem to stay healthy. He's hurt again, and the season hasn't even started. Wondering your thoughts. Well, let's go back into the audio vault briefly because I do have an update from Jay Woodcroft today on both Ryan McLeod and Matthias Ekholm. 
Yeah, I expect both to be ready for the start of the year. Um, they're putting good days together. We're listening to our medical people. I think when you have time, you want to use it, and we've got time. Um, I think it, someone asked me the other day, it might have been Speck, if it was like the uh, playoff game, would they be in? Yeah, they'd be in, but we got some time right now. We want to use it. Um, both are good pros, and uh, they'll be ready whenever, whenever it is that they'll join the team full-time. So I understand the reservation of, of the texter not seeing McLeod out there getting everything up to speed, but it's good news that he'll be ready for the start of the season. It's good news that this is, in fact, cautionary on uh, on that front. Somebody thought it was Cam Moon hosting the show today. <laughs> I appreciate it. That's high praise for me. <laughs> this texter says, as far as Campbell goes, we need less soup and more can. All right. 780-496-0063. The number to text, the number to call. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll connect with Wilkie here. That's what I think we'll do next here. Talking about some uh, Oilers preseason action. He had eyes on it last night. Final two games coming up tomorrow and Friday on 6.30. Chad, it's Brendan Escott with you for the final few minutes of Oilers now. Uh, let's tell you right away that Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Get their new Canadian club sandwich. Chicken, ham, bacon, ranch, lettuce, tomato as well. All available at royalpizza.ca. Okay, back in a moment with Wilkie. Here comes the man. Going to find out what's coming up on Inside Sports tonight. Reed Wilkins is with us here in the 630 Chad Studios. How you doing, Reed? Good. Sorry if you expected me earlier. No, this is literally perfect timing. Oh, good. You heard the return music. Could not have been better, but I didn't even have to text you, uh, which is good news. Um... Man, a couple of preseason games left, six down already. It was a long schedule that has evaporated. Happens when you play five of them in seven nights. Yeah, it's busy, just, six just, and nine, yeah. Just ask you, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, what, what we're seeing right now is a pretty quality goaltending play out of Jack Campbell, and a lot of people had hoped for it. I don't know that a lot of people were expecting it, but now a reasonable sample size through two games. Well, yeah, I... We'll see how. Obviously, you got to wait to see how the games start. But I, you know, I, as you know, I was saying all summer, I expect him to not just be better because he was a bottom ten percent goalie last year. So there's nowhere to go but up. But I, I expect him to be good. I, I like. I know it's the time of year to make predictions and then forget about them if you're wrong. But I, I think he'll play more games than Skinner this year. I think he'll be a true number one. I, I think he'll look like he's earning that contract which he didn't last year I mean I, I guess I go off you know the goaltenders can't hide in the preseason game you know like last night can Leon Dreisaitl play about 300% better than he did last night of course like I even joked half joked with Rob on overtime open line it, he almost looked like he was experimenting with some of his passes <laughs> like, like I wonder I know I can make a 60 foot backhand pass I wonder if I can make a 95 footer you know diagonally across the neutral zone just like a kicker pregame figuring yeah. out the range yeah so <laughs> but a goalie can't and a goalie can't hide or, or you know he's still got to stop the puck regardless of the situation Campbell, as we said, looks more upright, looks bigger, looks more in control, and I, I, I always am careful to say he looks more confident because how does confidence look? Uh, you gotta know what a guy is feeling, but and then you hear his interviews after the game, he just seems 
almost refreshed. I mean, I think last season came with a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he never really played great for an extended stretch until the year was almost half over. Uh, and then even that, uh, you know, and then by that time, Skinner had kind of supplanted him and got most of the starts down the stretch. So I, I think he's he's the player to watch in terms of a bounce back on the Oilers. And I'm looking forward to see how, uh, how Skinner and Campbell play in these final two games because I almost feel like Campbell's thrown down the gauntlet a little bit here. Like, hey, guys. And, and I and Rob and I talked about it last night. I I don't think you can just, at least for me, just say, okay, Skinner starts on opening day because he played more last year. And I know we put maybe too much emphasis on opening day, but you'd, you'd like to start with a win and establish with your goalie, okay, you're going to play a lot. So I don't know. I mean, if if Campbell... If both goalies play well the last two preseason games, it's still three good starts to two for Campbell over Skinner, right? If that happens. So I don't know. I mean, I think you'd still have to reward him and still realize why he was signed and and the work he's put in over the summer. It was interesting hearing Jay Woodcroft say today, and we can play this right now as a matter of fact, uh, there, there needs to be some more information acquired. I don't think I have all the information to make that decision just yet. I'm not going to lay out my process in in making that decision. I would agree with you in that we're realists and we understand that we need both goalies. It's a two-goalie league now. Um, We have uh, 1A and 1B, and they're going to sort out who's who. Um, I think both have had really good moments in the preseason, and... um, you know, and just because someone starts opening night doesn't mean that, you know, they have uh, anything handed to them. I mean, last year, um, certainly the 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 goalie that started opening night didn't play in the last game of the year. So, um, you know, it's it's a living, breathing thing that'll adjust over time. Certainly, but again, you don't want to be playing catch up out of the game right. if if you don't have to. So, yeah, and it's it's a strange position, right? I mean. Of course, there are great goalies. You know, Vasilevsky's won, what, two cups, been to a final. Brodeur won three cups. Patrick Waugh won four cups. You know, Grant Grant Fewer here. But there are years like last year where, I I can't remember if I said this to Rob or to Bob the other day, like if if one year ago I would have said Aiden Hill will be the Stanley Cup winning goaltender, I think before most people laughed at me, they would have had to quickly double check who Aiden Hill was now playing for. Yeah. You know, like a year oh, ago. A year, well, a year yeah, ago. Because so, Arizona wasn't yeah, going to win the cup. Right, right. Right. So, <laughs> so, yeah, it's. So, so I do think Campbell can, can get it back. And, and I do think he's already showing signs of of getting it back. But yeah, I mean, look at last year Vasilevsky out in the first round, Shesterkin out in the first round. So, yes, you need great goaltending. But that's the beauty of pro sports. Things Weird things still happen along the way. I know you loved Kyler Yamamoto and his time here. It seems like he's really caught on in Seattle. A couple goals in his first game for the Kraken, yeah. another goal last night. I mean, maybe a player who needed a fresh start. Well, I always liked his effort. Like, I never doubted his effort or even his hockey IQ for that matter. I think with and I always have a soft spot for the little guys because I am I am not a big human being by any means. So you know, I know what it's like to be uh, to be short and <laughs> and, uh, and not I have. I don't consider not, you diminutive. Not have the what, physical the stature in an athletic competition. So, but it just reached the point with Edmonton where you know he didn't have a spot on the team. I mean, he often played with top six players, and 
he'd have stretches where he produced and he wasn't able to do I mean, Connor Brown should be a more consistent player than Yamamoto in that role for sure. Now, can Yamamoto fit into Seattle? They, they, I mean, they got a good team. I, I think their top nine's pretty good. Um, you know, Beneers, I think, looks like a really good player. We'll see what eventually happens with Shane Wright. Uh, I mean, it's not just all two, but I'm just picking a couple of younger guys. I mean, McCann's been very good for them. They still got Eberle who can get points. Uh, this, they got good players. I, I wonder where Yamamoto winds up playing there. I, I would think he'd probably be still on a third line. Uh, I, I still think they have enough or enough flexibility up front that I don't know if he can crack one of their top two lines. But yeah, because yeah. their other guy would be Oliver Bjorkstrand, who they just paid last right. offseason. So you got him and Eberle, and then to me that automatically slots right. Yamamoto in third line. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, 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 it's funny of like all those. I said on the face-off show, I said, "Well, two, facing two former Oilers," and I was like, "Oh well." I said, "Recent former Oilers." I said, "There's actually four, and I forgot about Justin Schultz." Yeah, of course. Because so, I was thinking, "Oh man, I forgot to include Everly Larson as former Oilers, even though they've been gone for a while." Yeah. And Justin Schultz is all, but a, so a quarter of the Seattle team yesterday uh, used to play for the Oilers. Devin Shore is the other guy, of course. Right. Yeah, I forgot about that. I don't think I missed anybody else. No, no, I would. Deshaun Yamamoto went there this year. Everly and Larson went in the expansion draft. Yeah, and Schultz, they added two last year. seasons ago. Well, that was their first year too. Was he an original Kraken? Right. I can't even remember now. I'd have to go back and look. An original Tentacle. Remember when the entire expansion draft was spoiled by that darn Frank Saravalli? <laughs> Son of a gun. <laughs> was that the Seattle one he spoiled? Uh, I can't remember. It might have been the That's Vegas the one, one where they did the announcements uh, by Puget Sound, I think. Yes. Somewhere on a dock or no. somewhere. Well, wharf. they wouldn't have announced the Vegas team in Puget Sound, I don't think. So. No, I'm just trying to. <laughs> I guess that would have been that one. Yeah, and some players were there, right? Because I think Everly was actually there. Yeah. Some guys were there to put on the jersey and stuff like that, and they made a bit of an event out of it. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. What's coming up tonight? We got a brief show this evening, uh, just 7 to 7.30. So, honestly, I'm just, I've am just i just now started planning it. That makes sense. <laughs> and then Morley has the Elks this week at 7.30. No, we'll talk about some other <laughs> stuff, tell you what's going on with the Elks. They're getting ready for the Argos. And uh, update the baseball playoffs, all that fun stuff. Excellent. Well, uh, thanks for joining me for this final little bit. I'm going to ask you uh, if you remember this. I say that tongue-in-cheek. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Join the three-night Montreal road trip with a private suite for the Oilers versus the Habs. It's Hockey Night in Canada in a private suite with Bob Stoffer and special guests. You kidding me? Call or visit newwestravel.com. 1977, Reed, the Oilers scored their first ever win against a National Hockey League opponent. They beat the St. Louis Blues 4-3, an exhibition game played while the Oilers were in the WHA. I forgot, yeah, I don't remember that game. I would have been three. Uh, yeah, that's a nice piece of trivia that they would they played exhibition games against each other. I think their first... Their first win over an NHL point. I think their first win in NHL action also came over Winnipeg. Now i got to double back on that, too. i got some homework to do. Don't worry. I'll bring it. Sorry, the first... What did you say? The first NHL game that they won. Was that against Winnipeg? Oh, in 79? Yeah. Well, what, they... They tied Detroit, right? Was their first point. Let me just double check here. No, 
Oilers no, are the Oilers. I'm struggling to remember. Oilers are not trivia. That's brought to you all season long by Pro-Am Sports. Jack Cookson. No, uh, Quebec was the first win. Quebec. They, t- they lost to Chicago. They tied Detroit and Vancouver. Then That's they beat right. Quebec. Yes. Thanks for sneaking that one in. Reed's coming up next. <laughs> Bob's back tomorrow. We'll set you up for Oilers and Flames. We'll hear from Elliot Friedman as well. It's Brendan Escott. James has the news next. That's James Dunn, of course. So long from 630 Chad Studios.